This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 40th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. I have a very interesting guest back on Sports and Stuff, Steve Kelly, retired Seattle Times sports columnist. Steve was the sixth guest on Sports and Stuff back in <laughs> September 2017. I got lucky. I got you back again. You know, like the guy asked the Oh, I'm, in, the I'm in demand, Paul. It took, you know, I mean, how many calls did we go back and forth? Exactly. Like about half no, of very one. nice to have you back, Steve. I was kidding. <laughs> it's like the, the, the guy has the guts to ask one on a date once, and she, and she shows out with him again a second time. You know? So what the heck? <laughs> well, I want to mention a few things going on at Rainier Avenue Radio. Today I have as my production engineer, Daniel Billis. Daniel's also the host of Fresh Juice with D-Money on Rainier Avenue Radio. We have a lot of good sports shows going on at Rainier Avenue Radio. In our sports department, we have 101 with Dupe, hosted by Rick Dupree, longtime Seattle broadcaster. Granville Emerson and Pepe Bean co-host Lidline Sports. Mark Bryant hosts a sports fitness show, Fitness Corner. Mazvita Marari hosts Seattle Sports Weekly. And Mazvita and Pat McCarthy host a show on the Seattle Metro Sports League, Metro Sports Weekly. Um, Steve Kelly, I'm not going to give you as long introduction as I did last time, but as I mentioned earlier, Steve worked for the Seattle Times from about 1982 to 2013. Steve grew up in Delaware, graduate University of Delaware. Um, it's fun, as I mentioned to Steve a couple times, I used to read your columns growing up in Seattle in the 80s and remember sitting in the Roosevelt High School lunchroom reading your columns, and, and now you, you're an assistant coach at Roosevelt, and Many, many years later, I'm trying to host this show, and you, you come back a second time. So we're going to have a lot of fun today, hit on some sports subjects, trying to get some subjects in that we didn't talk about last time I had you on. But, Steve, thanks for coming back on Sports and Stuff. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, you make me feel old, so you were in high school reading my, my columns in the lunchroom. I have more gray hairs than you have now. Almost. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't have many hairs at all. Well, yeah, you got, you got, you got a little dew going. You got a little dew going. Well, Steve, you know, I was talking to our mutual friend, Save Our Sonics co-founder Brian Robinson, and I saw this on Facebook, too, that you were recently being interviewed by some, I guess, Bill Simmons podcast about the history of the Seattle relocation battle. Tell us about this recent podcast you were on. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a podcast called The Ringer, and it's part of the uh, Bill Simmons empire of podcasts. And they, they do a variety of, of, of uh, topics, but they're currently working on an eight-part series on the past and future of the Sonics. And um, they, were, they were in town last week. I'm still not sure of when the, these are going to start airing. But um, Jason Kahn is 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 the name of the guy who interviewed me. But there, there were four people who came up. I mean, this this is a big deal, and uh, some of my basketball players know about the Ringer. And it's the first time I've ever gotten any respect from them when I told <laughs> no, them that I was going to be on. But um, they they do they. Uh, I mean, they asked great questions. Um, they're really serious. I, I'm really. It's kind of like a radio version, a, an updated radio version of Sonicsgate. The uh, documentary about the the loss of the sonics and um i mean they've they've interviewed everybody um like i say i can't wait for it to come out yeah i can't wait to see it either did, and i gotta ask you a very important question did you refer the oklahoma city teams oklahoma city bums again you know i i've kind of given i i told i called david stern a bum on espn I know, I know, and I know, you know i, know. I kind of I, I he's not a bum you know I, I'll, <laughs> I'll admit that but you know it felt so good to say that <laughs> well, someone can be a smart guy and still be a bum, though, Steve. We oh, he, he's a very smart marketer. Right. I'm not sure how much he cares or knows about basketball. I'm not sure how much he cares. I also think that he, his timing was perfect because he came along with Magic and Bird and Michael and LeBron, and 
that's pretty easy to market that stuff. That's a good point. They, they, they came to the party at the right time for him, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Steve, I want to hit on a bunch of Seattle sports topics today, maybe a few national topics too. And I want to start here with the Seattle Storm. They won the 2018 WNBA Championship. And boy, Sue Bird is definitely an iconic Seattle sports figure. Yep. Storm have a falling in this market, but the WNBA as a league has sort of had mixed results based on just revenues and some of those factors. So I, ha- I learned a lot from my guests, and I had Joyce Walker on recently, a f- famous former women's basketball player. Joyce suggests that if the WNBA moved to the fall, they could maybe do some double headers with maybe some NBA teams. Do you, do you think WNBA should keep playing ball in the summer? Yes, I do. I think they have to play at a time when there isn't much competition. Um, if they play head-to-head with the NBA, they'll get swallowed up, I think. Uh, and I think the, the, I love – I have a lot of friends who say I love women and I love basketball and I hate women's basketball. Right. I mean, there's a lot of men out there who feel that way. And I think it's so hard to crack that market just because of that. Um, and if they were serious, it's a lot – I have the same argument with people who don't like soccer. If you don't like it – you're predisposed to not like it when you go to the game. So if there's like three turnovers in a row, which, oh, my gosh, sometimes happens in the NBA too. It's like, yeah, see what I told you? And the game's not in the air like it is in the NBA. I don't care about that. I, You know, if you watch women's basketball, the X's and O's are executed as well as the NBA. It's just not tw- two feet above the but rim. you keep them in the summer, the WNBA. Yeah, I would for sure because they, they have – there's there's less there's less competition and if you look I'll bet you anything their their early games in May and June while the NBA playoffs are going on are not attended as well and aren't and the ratings are really bad but I mean it's it's a hard sell um, for a lot of sexist reasons and f- for a lot of just all of the reasons are ignorance I think and the the championship playoffs last year were a perfect. Uh, showcase for the for Some the good storm. basketball. Watch They're really good games. basketball yeah. with yeah. a great crowd and right. energy. And I mean, you know, you watch Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart and um, Elena Deladon from Washington. Holy cow! Yeah, that's a good basketball. Well, I, I appreciate your perspective. Joyce has a little different perspective. I mean, that's a fun thing about hosting a show. You get different perspectives from, from sure, different sure. Types I, of guests. I'm not yeah. saying you know, boy, is Joyce crazy? Right. I, mean, no, I, 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 I can see that argument. I just yeah. think the WNBA is having a hard enough time selling itself when there is no competition. And I think I don't think they would pick up anything from being head to head with with men's basketball at a high level. I see your points. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio on the 40th edition with former Seattle Times sports columnist Steve Kelly. So, Steve, I'm going to ask you a little bit of Husky football. And 2018 UW football team wins the Pac-12 title game. We get to the Rose Bowl. However, many people in Husky Nation, a very tough fan base on many levels, oh, yeah. yep. believe that it was a very mixed or subpar year. Two questions here. How do you evaluate the 2018 Husky football season? And the second question is, do you feel that Husky fans just maybe have some insurmountable expectations <laughs> that with Chris Peterson, they're going to be a Final Four team every year? Well, uh, answering your second question first, yes, they, they have – inflated expectations um going back to the don james era when every year if they didn't go to the rose bowl first of all people i think planned to go to the rose bowl and felt like 
if if the Huskies didn't make it, you you ruined my vacation. You know, right, I, right, I, that. what am I going to do now? I think, and there's and now with Chris, I mean, it's, it's it's a sign of success. I think in a way now that Chris Peterson is in there and they're doing so well, um, those same expectations are back. Well, that's great, but if you're looking at this, I mean, look at the season. Uh, they didn't win a. They didn't have a signature win. Uh, you know, whatever that means. Wasu uh, maybe, but maybe yeah, I guess so. But um, but but they won the Pac-12. They got to the Rose Bowl. Um, they kind of laid an egg until the fourth quarter in the Rose Bowl. But I guess it depends. I mean, look at the landscape right now. Pac-12 is struggling. It's really struggling to get to get athletes to get some leadership from the conference itself. Um, and I think that trickles down into football. I mean, the SEC is making great inroads in the West Coast now, and that's that's something that the Huskies are having to battle. But um, they won the conference, and they got to the Rose Bowl. And um, but most of the fan base is still upset. Of course, that well, they lost four games. Lost lost the cow. I still don't understand. And for the life of me, I don't know why Peterson pulled Jake Browning. I mean, I don't care how. You know, if he was, that was a he, weird call. Remember yeah, that. it was a really weird call, yeah. and and it certainly didn't work. Um, you know, I'm, they keep winning the Apple Cup. They keep beating a very good WSU team and beating beating them soundly. And so you'd call it a good year overall, the 2018 Husky season. It's a good. It was a good year. It yeah. wasn't. People expected them to be in the national championship game, and it's part of it is the problem with college football right now. They lose on Labor Day weekend to Auburn in Atlanta, which is basically a home game for Auburn. And, oh, my God, the season's over. Right, Who that. cares anymore? Right, you know, we're, we're right. done. We're toast. Right. There's truth to that. Speaking of Jake Browning, you know, I had Coach Gilbertson on, Keith Gilbertson on as my last guest. And Keith was very favorable at Jake Browning's four years at UW. Do you, do you size him up as a pretty effective quarterback overall? Again, it depends on what people are looking for, for crying out loud. He got him into the playoffs. He started more games than any quarterback in Pac-12 history. He had great receivers, and that's when he was at his best, and he had mediocre receivers like this year where he still played pretty well. Um, you know, if you're thinking, well, boy, how come he's not uh, Jacob Lawrence at, at Clemson or Tua Tagli of whatever, Tua in, at Alabama, then come on. You know, Russell Wilson isn't uh, Brett Favre. Russell Wilson isn't it's Drew true. Brees, but he's really, really good. So, yeah, I think Jake Browning is the – kind of the victim of overreaching on the part of the fans. Really high, almost unrealistic expectations. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you on Jake Browning, too. I think he's a he's, I hear he's a solid four guy. years here. Yeah. And, 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 they got the Final Four in 2016 with yep, him. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to move on to one more question on the Husky football front, and I want to move on to some other subjects. So there was a recent New York Times article about a week ago about the Rose Bowl. And by the way, New York Times and Wall Street Journal have great sports sections. I don't love the editorial page so much of the Wall Street Journal, but, <laughs> well, but they, they both well, have great sports. I think they both have underrated sports sections. So yes, I try to yes. skim through both those sports sections. And the article discusses the Rose Bowl and how the complexion of the Rose Bowl has changed since this new national championship format. But this year we had a more of a traditional Rose Bowl, the Pac-12 winner now versus the Big Ten winner. Okay, I, I I have a West Coast UW bias. I love the Rose Bowl. You were there, right? Yeah, I was there. Were, I was yeah. there this year, and I put a post on Facebook. I, I have an open West Coast UW bias and loving the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so is there a way, Steve, that we could keep the Rose Bowl going with a Pac-10 versus – I'm sorry, Pac-12 versus Big Ten matchup, but also continue with the National Championship Series? Or is that just no. – are those days gone? No, okay. they're, they're gone. Okay. Um, 
as much as I'm sure you and all Husky fans enjoyed going down to Pasadena for New Year's, yeah, um, that's lost its luster. It really has. I mean, the goal again. There's only four teams that get to the playoffs, but that's what the goal is now. And for teams like like the Rose Bowl teams, Ohio State and and Washington, that game was anticlimactic because of the playoffs. For, for the fans, I think for the... Do you uh, like the idea of expanding the, the, the college football playoffs at all? So what, what, these 18-year-old kids supposed to play 30 football games a year? I mean, I think there's a limit to what we can ask them to do physically. Um, so, I mean, it's never going to be like March Madness, you know, or anything close to that. So what do you do? Add four more teams and add another week, and then all of a sudden the ninth team that doesn't... The first team doesn't get picked in an eight-team tournament is upset... And now we got to go to 16. I mean, still controversy. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the problem is with, and it's a problem with college football right now, it's the same dang teams. Whereas with March Madness, because there's 60, whatever now, 66 teams, um, 68, whatever it is, um, th- there's, there's way more chance of, of, of somebody sneaking in. I mean, who's going to beat Clemson? Who's going to beat Alabama? Who's going to beat, you know, Oklahoma? This Notre Dame. I mean, those four will, will be back next year. Always yeah, the occasional upset, Steve. But, but here very, very occasional. Here saying. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Daniel Bellis as my engineer and the great Steve Kelly as my guest. Well, yeah, I know I had a little bit of a nostalgic Rose Bowl question there, and I think your response is fair. It's hard to keep that tradition going. So Mike Hopkins in his second year now as a head coach, the UW basketball team. Um, wow. I mean, some think, although it's not known as the greatest conference right now, the Pac-12, some think that the UW could win the Pac-12 this year. Here's a hypothetical question for you. If if we had kept Romar and we'd still have Jalen Noel and some of those other kids and some of those other recruits that left, do you think we'd be where about where we are right now? I, I don't know what happened to Lorenzo Romar. I really don't in terms of his coaching. But, you know, you look back to the Will Conroy, Brandon Roy, Nate Robinson teams, They've just played. The thing that captured the city with them was how hard they played. They just got on the floor. They they smothered really good players. They smothered really good teams. And something happened over the years. A couple things happened. Um, he brought in, um, I can't think of his first name, Chilios, as an assistant coach recruiter. And he brought in all these potential one and dunners who weren't really looking to win Pac-12 championships. They were looking to make names for themselves. Um, I mean, there, there were always a lot of scouts at Husky games back then. But it's, it, it, it almost seems to me that Lorenzo sold a part of his soul for, the, for, that, for you know, just trying to grab that silver ball. And he, He's such a decent guy, too. He's a really good guy. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Um, but he brought in some shady guys and... Um, didn't those guys didn't play husky basketball the whole game the whole team changed the defense disappeared it was kind of shakespearean in a way oh it, it, it was definitely tragic <laughs> that, we'll talk about shakespeare theory which you're involved in yeah, yeah, yeah no it but, it was I, I never thought of it that you know i yeah. should write a play about husky basketball husky and, you know under, <laughs> under a suit another, another steve kelly project Shakes i kelly. love it yeah, yeah. yeah I love it. But, hey by the way is is a delaware native i know you've been in the northwest for for many many decades are you more of a wazoo guy or you dub guy I'm a I'm I'm neither. I mean, I like I, I like going to the games. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I I never rooted because I couldn't when I played. I had and it sort of stuck with me. I root for the Philly teams because I can. You know, right. always could. You have an Eagles shirt on right now. Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Tomorrow, right. or, tomorrow. Or, well, soon. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. 
I, you know, I, I, I enjoy watching, I enjoy going to the games. I enjoy uh, the, the programs having success because that means the games are bigger. Right. But I don't, I don't like one more than the you other. You have a horse in those races, really. Then. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So Seahawks had a 10-6 and six year, got knocked in the wild card game last week. And some believe the Seahawks exceed expectations this year. I want your feedback on that. But uh, real quick question, uh, what do you think of Pete Carroll getting an extension through 2021? Well, he's probably lucky he didn't get that offer this week after the terrible coaching job his staff did in the game at Dallas, where it was obvious early on that they weren't running the ball well. You know, they always talk about teams and talk about Seahawks establishing the run before they pass. Well, all they did was establish that they couldn't run before they before they started passing. Russell was on fire. He was he was picking the Dallas defense apart, and and the coaching staff didn't give him enough. At enough ammunition for him to beat the Cowboys, and I think it was there, but there, it was frustrating to watch. And then, you know, the feedback nationally, not just in Seattle, was what were they thinking? Very strong criticism yeah. of the Seattle coaching yeah. stuff. You know, you brought up a point I hadn't thought of. I mean, which is one thing I love interviewing so much is maybe Carroll would not have gotten that extension after the wild card game. Well, I mean, that's, no, it's not a bad I, point. I, I mean, it, you know, they might have. They might have shaved a few dollars and cents off the contract. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, he deserves it. My gosh. I mean, the success. Well, I like Carol Meyer, too. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, it was the thing to do. And, you know, I'm 70, so anybody who's in my age range who's still doing what they love, I'm like, go for it, no, dude. No, it's impressive. No, no doubt about it. Well, you know, it's interesting, too. We have two really good football coaches in this market, Chris Peters and Pete Carroll, and they're very talented coaches, but both get some criticisms at times. Well, I mean – it's the nature of, of sports, for nature one thing, sports, yeah. and you can't make as many decisions as they make and expect all of them to, to work. I, and we were talking about the Jake Browning, pulling Jake Browning in the Cal game is a perfect example of a, of a mistake that Chris Peterson made. But yeah, you look overall at the success of these two programs since almost day one of Carroll's arrival and Peterson, Peterson's arrival. It's pretty impressive. Well, by the way, nature of doing trial litigation work, you're going to get some criticism sometimes. You're kidding. I had yeah, no idea. I thought no, you guys no, were, believe me, I, I believe thought you were me. bulletproof. Yeah, believe me. I can feel like a target sometimes. Paul <laughs> Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with the great uh, former Seattle Times sports columnist Steve Kelly. Okay, Mariners. So M's get this $135 million funding deal. They have a new stadium sponsor, T-Mobile. But now they're making all these big off-season moves. Jerry DePoto, their general manager, says they are reimagining the roster. Steve, are they <laughs> reimagining the roster? Are they just dismantling the roster? Give, give me your take on this whole DePoto agenda well, right now. Let me think. Who's the guy they just signed? Dustin Ackley. Dustin they, Ackley, I saw yeah, that. That's yeah. reimagining? I mean, that's turning the <laughs> clock back a decade, you know, to a guy who didn't make it and has spent the last two years in, in AAA. I saw that. Um, I mean, I'm sort of joking because I don't think they have much great expectations for him. My, they have two problems. First of all, they're, they're, they're announcing a rebuild for a franchise that hasn't won since 2001, hasn't been in the playoffs since 2001. That's, that's an impossible sell. You know, when the Astros kind of blew it up and started over again and, and started um, uh, drafting guys like Correa, they had already won a World Series, and they had had some success uh, prior, close to, close to when they blew it up. So it, it, you could sort of trust them that, look, we've had success, we're going we're gonna to tear it up, and we're going to be back. And, and they were. When you haven't won since 2001 with just one GM after another, with one manager after another, um, that's, a, that's an impossible sell. What bothers me the most 
is I don't know that the trades they've made and the players they've brought in are the answer. Um, you know, the trade with the Mets where they gave up Diaz and Cano, they, they got this 19-year-old kid who's played 65 games of, of rookie ball, and he's, to me, he's the only thing they got, really. I mean, Jay Bruce, give me a break, and this other um, young player is maybe, it, prospects are always dicey. And then the trade with Segura, where they sent Segura to the Phillies, and the Phillies had already given up on J.P. Crawford, the shortstop, who's now the shortstop of the future for the Mariners. That. He was supposed to start last year with the Phillies. He had some injury problems, but he, he can't hit. And I don't think he's ever going to hit in the big leagues. So now, last week, they signed Tim Beckham, a journeyman shortstop, and they say he's going to start the year with the Mariners as the opening day shortstop. And this guy, uh, Crawford, we got, we're going to put him in Tacoma for a while and, and I mean, come on, is he or isn't he the guy? And if you are rebuilding, what are you waiting for? So I, that, and then if you're rebuilding, you're you're putting Ichiro on the roster for. I saw that. And this, I mean, okay, it's, the rosters are expanded, so maybe that's okay. But what if it's the ninth inning, tie game, bases loaded, two outs, and here comes Ichiro up to pinch hit? You feel good about that? I mean, a little leery. Yeah. yeah. Little. So well, I, you, you kind of said it in a different way. I, I was going to ask you a question. You kind of already answered it, but it seems like DePoto and the Mariners are growing the premise that two or three years are going to be good. But how do we know these prospects are going to be that good? Yeah, I mean, that's. What, what's the pitching staff going to look like in a, yeah. in a couple of years? Yeah. Right. I, I just don't think they're getting value for what they had. I mean, I think Jerry was really good at doing what he's done before here. They had a very entertaining team last year. They were in the race for a long time, and uh, he made the Segura trade was a great trade. He Maybe got fine tune it instead of break the whole thing up. I don't know, but, but yeah, what well, do I know? I'm not. I'm not claiming well, I mean, to be a yeah, baseball I mean, GM. But, I mean, what do, what do any of us know? But but I think they were hamstrung. Uh, they had to do something. But it's there's going to be some empty nights in Safeco. You won't have any trouble. You don't, you don't have to buy season tickets. There'll be plenty of tickets at the at the yeah, gate. Yeah, I, I I I just hope they can surprise some people and have a well, good time. I, and I love baseball. Oh, and, I and I'll yeah, go. Right. I'll go just to go to the park. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I love baseball. So that's. And I think there's enough people here that they'll. I mean, they're <laughs> they're going to survive. A lot for sure. go to see the Mariners to watch the Yankees and Red Sox play and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I just. I mean, you brought up the point of the 135 million dollars. Yeah. Um, that's that you know, and that's what that's what we're getting for it. Yeah, I, I think well, there's a lot of that lot of going around town. Well, Steve, uh, we could talk about all this stuff for hours, but gotta, I want to move a few more things out in here. We got less than five minutes left, and so I had, when I had you on in September 2017, we talked about the key arena plan. Now it's official. Now they're going to remodel the key arena. It's going to go from about 300,000 square feet to 750. Be digging about 15 feet in the ground. I know that you are a big proponent of Soto of the Soto Arena proposal versus Key Arena, which many people are or were. Now that we're getting an NHL franchise, do you feel a little bit better about the Key Arena plan now, the last year and a half or so? No, um, I'll tell you why. Um, I mean, I'm glad it's there. I'm glad hockey's here. I can walk to the hockey the, the matches. Right. I don't know if I can afford three hundred dollars for a, a nosebleed seat, but um, so I'm really happy the team's here. Uh, and I'm glad the Key Arena is going to be a, a world-class facility, which it sure looks like in all the in all the drawings. But everything I hear from the NBA now is, and, and this this infuriates me so much, is they don't want the NBA doesn't want 
to share a building with an NHL team. And it, it burns me up because they're doing it in Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, Dallas, Denver, L.A. They're doing it in Chicago. They're doing it already. So they're pretty much just just punishing the new kids on the block and saying, yeah, okay, you got the NHL, well, the heck with you. So now the Soto building is back in play. And Chris Hansen and Wally Walker are, are trying to push that forward. But... I, I just don't like the, the idea. The Wikis are adamant they can get the NBA here. Are you you're not are you skeptical of that? Nothing's going to happen until 2025 when when the when the TV contract is up. And and there are owners I've talked to people who have talked to some of the owners who have said that uh there's no nobody right now none of the ownership cares about adding teams and nobody's going to move. You know, New Orleans isn't going to move, Memphis. We've become the 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 bauble that's out there the, the owner like the way L A was with the NFL kind yeah of. yeah the owners right. are saying well right. the owner of Phoenix the owner of the of Sacramento King. we get other cities their arena and we still don't get a team I'm leaving unless you build a arena oh okay well, you agree the NHL thing's pretty exciting though get the NHL here yeah yeah and, and here's the thing that I think the NBA should be worried about first of all it's it's hard to tell whether this city can can support both sports I think they can if 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 those teams are fairly successful fairly soon. But what if the NHL takes off here like it did in Las Vegas and it becomes must-see and it becomes a buzz and all of a sudden guys that, we've, that right now we've never heard of are becoming like household names. And then the NBA says, hey, we're going to bring an expansion team and they're going to win 15 or 20 games next year. You know, Let's talk in a few years. I think NHL will be a big winner here. We'll talk in a couple of years. Yeah, If they market it, I mean, that's what Tim Lywick, Tom, Todd Lywicki and Tim – are great, great marketers. Todd, Todd, and as far as I'm concerned, made the Sounders a success. And he'll do it again here, I think. So, yeah, it'll be a huge success. By, by the way, Steve, you've lived in Seattle a long time. Who would ever thought that a major professional team would have the Northgate neighborhood as our headquarters? It's a different era, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not putting yeah. at Northgate. I grew up near there, but it's just a different era, isn't no, it? Oh, for, yeah. for sure, yeah. yeah. And yeah. You, you, that's part of what you have to have now is a world-class workout facility. Right, right. Steve, real quickly, we only got a couple minutes left. Think is there any underrated sports story? Something that that, that you would uh, that you think should be covered more? Real quickly, any story that you don't think is getting enough attention, either nationally or locally? Well, I mean, it's it's funny to say this. We talked about it earlier. The storm, and uh, again, I don't know whose fault that is, but you know, Brianna Stewart is a great story. Sue Bird will always be a great story. The fact that they went from rags to riches so quickly would be was is a good story. Dan Hughes, their coach, who doesn't really even want to be coach. He just came back to help out and he won a championship. More women's basketball attention is what you like to see. That's one story. Yeah, I especially on on the professional level. Steve, I can't believe we're already winding this down. I was getting I was getting the sounders, all sorts of all sorts of other stuff. I'm gonna have you back for on sports and stuff again in the near future. Thanks for coming on again, Steve. My pleasure.